bad, Pete. Naughty, no. Peter. Naughty. No. Pete, I told no. you not to say that. Go back to your bunk, Peter. My bunk? Well, are we in we summer camp? Ha- you don't have your own room uh, in the orphanage. <laughs> that's right. right. Please, sir, I want some more literary podcasts, <laughs> please. Here. Oh, please don't hit me anymore, sir. I don't need much, sir. I just need a bale of hay to sleep on and a handkerchief to cough blood into. Arms, arms for the poor. Man, I wish I actually had. I, I wish I actually. You actually had, had a handkerchief to cough blood into. <laughs> yes. From Pete and Levi, it's time for Creative Combat, the 15-minute-ish long podcast where two guys sometimes will answer questions that they've gotten over their voicemail line and then make up answers for them in real time. And I'm Pete. And I'm Levi. Hey, guess what, Pete? We're going to listen to something, <laughs> yeah, aren't we? we yeah, we uh, we happen to get a, a little phone call, voicemail, that we want to answer on the air. Yay, put, um, the, put the fireworks sound effect in right here. Okay, and then here's the voicemail message. Let's listen to it. Hey, guys, this is Blake from Cincinnati. I was calling uh, because I've been in the midst of looking for new jobs, and currently I've been putting together a portfolio. So I was uh, wondering if you guys had three items that you would say are the most important to include in your portfolio. Uh, What would you say they are? And, yeah, guys, I just want you to know that I love the show and keep doing what you guys are doing. All right. Bye. Aw, thanks, Blake. Aw, jeez, Blake. Thanks for – that's a good question. That is a really good question. Yeah, it's a really good question. That – And and it's it's pretty broad, too, because we don't know what kind of portfolio he's putting together. So I yep. want to answer this real broadly. But then maybe we can also talk about some very specific examples yep. of if you're building this kind of portfolio or this kind of portfolio. Yep. My, my first initial stab uh-huh. is – um, whatever you're doing, do it. <laughs> and I think whatever you want to do, I think those are the things that you're going to want to put in your por- portfolio. I mean, this day and age, people aren't necessarily, I mean, it depends on what kind of your job you're going for or where you're applying. But, um, people I've found in the creative pos- profession really want to see what you can do rather than what you're like, how much you went to school or this yeah. or that. So whatever it is you want to do. Do it and do it as best as you can and put it in your portfolio. Yeah. It, you know, I feel like it kind of goes back to starting scrappy and just doing something that's really good. That you – not really good, but just something that you want to be known for. The, the elements of it should be weighted very heavily on your own style and inserting your personality into whatever that portfolio looks like instead of it trying to be um, – really excellent on all marks. So we have a friend uh, named Doug Gottrod, and he put together this video called My Mom's Motorcycle, and you've probably seen it on the internet. It's, it has literally lots of views. Yes, and millions it's, of And it's really, views. really great. He did Charming. it as part of a, a contest for Rode microphones, right? Uh-huh. I think he won, too. He totally won. Yeah, he, of course he did. It's really excellently done, and he inserted into that piece his own voice, his own style of directing. And you could pretty much capture what his style is based on that video alone. And so even if his portfolio was just that one video, you could capture that. But once you see his portfolio, you get an idea of 
the kind of director that he is. But because he captured his own specific voice, he didn't try to uh, direct a toothpaste commercial and then over here try to direct a car commercial and then over here try to direct a narrative and over here try to direct a short... He didn't try and round himself out enough. Instead, he found that central nugget, that one thing. And then me as a talent scout, I can go out and I can see, oh, this guy has something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but he's got something and it's uniquely him. I want that. You know, I want to capture that thing uh, for my campaign or, or for my product. Uh, there's this other guy I know. Um, his name is Ben Joyner, Benjamin Joyner. He's a cinematographer. Uh, I believe he's in Texas right now. And you look at his reel, like his portfolio of work, and instantly you know what kind of work he's passionate about and what kind mm -hmm. of work he's good at. Yeah. So I know what kind of work I want to give him, which means that if if I give him that kind of work, he's going to do it well and he's going to be happy about it. And that's the kind of work that he wants to do. You know, that he does these really elegant cinematic um, narrative pieces like short films and music videos and things that are just beautiful that should be in widescreen that are very, very captivating and unique and a dramatic use of lighting, really creative camera angles, excellent color grading. And so I'm not going to give him um, you know, a real tech-heavy like motion graphics video to work on. Right. You know, I'm not going to give him that stuff by looking at his portfolio. And you know what? He doesn't even want that kind of thing stuff. So right. I would say the number one thing that you want in your portfolio is the thing that you want to do. Like what is yeah. what is the thing that you really want? What kind of work do you want to be given? Put that kind of work or something that's traveling in that direction into your portfolio. It's actually really important because if you if you stray, you put something else that you did and maybe it's good, but you don't like doing it. Once you put that in your portfolio, it will confuse the rest of the work, and someone else will see that and give you more work like that. Yeah. And that will then dominate your portfolio. Yeah, that's great. So I have a friend who um, just quit his job, and um, he, he basically was in a prison that he was not, you know, he was not able to have any bandwidth, like yeah. mental. He had no mental or spiritual or whatever bandwidth, so he quit his job. And he basically, we were just talking about... Um, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he uh, wants to be a writer. So being a writer is really difficult. And, you know, it's like writers write stuff. And um, so the encouragement for him was, you know, do it, <laughs> you know, like yeah. figure out ways that you can write. And so like a writer, what, what do, what's, what's kind of like the baseline job for a writer, like copywriting. That is a great way people need it. Mm -hmm. It is um, a great way to cut your teeth, uh, hone your skills. I actually was able to hire him to do some freelance copywriting for my website um, that I've been, that's been kind of swimming out in there and I've been putting it off, putting it off. Um, but by giving it to him, he has the opportunity now to be like, yeah, I did copyright for harddrivemedia.com, the mm -hmm. website. Right. And, um, that's kind of like, the, and I wasn't able to pay him much, but I was able to pay him something. And to be able to say I got paid to do something is really good. Now, on the other hand, um, you know, now he can say I'm a copywriter and yeah. this is what I've done. Mm -hmm. And that's something that he does want to do. And he did an awesome job. He just sent me the first draft and I was really impressed. So if anyone needs copywriting, uh, <laughs> hit up Michael Brookbank. Um, but so, so. That's on one hand, like mm -hmm. find freelance work 
find things? And the other thing is like, are there, um, who do you know that's doing what you want to do? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, find connections, find other copywriters who are, do, who are, who are killing it in the field mm-hmm. and take them out to lunch, buy them lunch, um, get their, get their advice, get their, uh, process, get the, how did they get to where it was, where they are. Sorry. Sorry. I need a copywriter for my own <laughs> little talks, but, um, start listening to podcasts, writing podcasts, um, all those things. So whatever it is you want to do, if it's go into a new field, then go ahead and sh- shove as much as you can in, in, in intake as much as you can, but also look for opportunities to outtake as well. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is um, folk, make the priority on your portfolio, the kind of work that you want to do. Yep. <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me. You're excused. Thank you. Please keep that. Okay. <laughs> make the, what I'm hearing is make the portfolio emphasis on what you want to do, as well as build connections inside the industry that you want to go after. I think another part of building a portfolio and things to put into your portfolio, it really is going to be driven mostly by necessity at yes. first, yep. especially if you're building something from the ground up. Yep. I think of um, sometimes you just need to put work in the portfolio because you have the work and the portfolio doesn't have anything in it. So put something in there. But then be really strategic about what things you replace in that portfolio and when you do. So um, right now I'm working at a video company that we are redoing our company portfolio. And it's really easy just to scrap the whole thing and say, okay, well, then let's put, what do we want on our portfolio? What kind of work do we want to do? Let's put that stuff up there. Yeah. But if you don't have it yet, if you're still trying to get it, you need to put something up there yeah. that at least communicates to the outside world that you do X. So if you're an illustrator, but you don't have any fine art illustrations for storybooks, which is the thing that you want to do, but instead you have sketches for comic books, Put those sketches up because that's what you have. Yep. But look for opportunities either through connections or just through passion projects to put those fine art storybook illustrations up there and replace the comic book illustrations. Yep. Um, replace the things that are placeholders as quickly as you can. Yeah. And if it's paid work or if it's freelance work or if it's just spec work, great. It's work. Put it up there. Yep. Um, so I would say, you know, Put targets on the empty spaces, of course, and then put targets on the spaces that are filled and constantly be trying to replace and one-up and better the things that you have up there right now. Yeah, and as a creative, as creatives, you're constantly evolving. You're constantly, you know, like if we look back at our old work, it's, you know, mm-hmm. any creative is going to go, ooh, you know, and it's constantly moving that forward and replacing those things. Um, another piece of advice, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but uh, the guy who's mentoring me, uh, he w- he was a producer for like a lot of made-for-TV movies. And, and people would come to him and say, how do I break into the film industry? And his advice was save up as much money as you can, a year's worth, go out to Hollywood, find that person that you really respect in the industry, mm. and go work for them for free. So obviously that's not... You know, that that's one path. Um, but the idea of just doing what you love for the sake of doing it, that the the universe will reward you eventually. It's it's 
it's one of those things where, you know, you really have to figure out what it is exactly you want to do and break mm-hmm. it down like, oh, well, you want to be a filmmaker. You're not going to be able to just jump up to filmmaker. So what are the what are the things that can that can start to align you with that? You know, um, Jim Henson, Walt Disney, um, they were doing ads, right? And mm-hmm. they they were they were admin uh, admin. They they did advertisements for television and uh, commercials, and that's how they really honed their craft and mm-hmm. developed their voice. And in the meantime, they were building. Uh, their their real the real projects like Disney was working on shorts for to be uh, he was working on shorts experimenting learning more and he eventually it culminated into actually a feature film yeah. which is really what he wanted to get into you know I would be able to envision a world where this person is doing this thing based on the work that I see on their portfolio so when you're building your portfolio be very very careful what message you're sending. You know, as you're building it, if if Jim Henson had only had put every ad that he did up there, then it would send a different picture to the people that he was trying to make a movie for. Right. So um, I, I think there's always two categories of work, at least two categories of work when you're creative. There's the hmm. the pursuit projects. There's like the passion projects, the things that you really want to do and the things that that you're excited about. And if you had all the money in the world, you would do those things. Yeah. And then there's the honest work. There's the stuff that you have to do to pay the bills. There's the maybe it's your salary job. Maybe it's the freelance work that you're doing to save up for the camera so that you can do the thing. Whatever it is, every creative has that. It's, It's the work that they have to do. It's the sludge work. It's the honest work. It's good work. And you do your best that you can in it, but if something, if you could choose to sacrifice something, it would be that. So I think the trap that a lot of people get stuck in is if that's the only work that they're doing, then that's the only work that ever hits their portfolio. And if that's, if that's the only work that ever hits their portfolio, they're creating a cycle of that kind of work. Yep. And so take that honest work slap it up on your portfolio, then quickly put targets on it, build relationships with other people that are doing the kind of work that you want to do, and replace that honest work with passion work. Don't abandon the honest work. You still need that to pay the bills Yeah. Um, until, of course, your passion project takes off. But I, you know, I'm sure Jim Henson, and I'm sure Walt Disney, and everyone at Pixar was doing work that they weren't thrilled about. Yeah, Pixar did Listerine West, ads, right? Right. And that's how they learned. That's how they learned their they craft. they also pay the bills. Right. They paid the bills, and then they used that to to build up their story chops and make some of the finest movies out there today. Uh, so, Blake, yeah. to answer your question, like, what three things should you put in your portfolio? I don't know if there are three things that you should put in your portfolio. I think you need to decide what you want your portfolio to say. Yep. And if you're your portfolio will only ever be an external face to what your internal passion and goals are. So if you make your portfolio look like the kind of work that you want to do, then it doesn't matter what three things you put in your portfolio. I can't tell you what three things to put in your portfolio. You need to decide what those things are on the inside that you want to do and then fight for those. And if you don't have them, you got to you got to work on those things and get those up there. And ways to do that are through connections, through spec work, and through passion projects. Yeah, it's a lot of digging. It's a lot of figuring out, you know, asking people, how mm-hmm. did you get here? 
you know, listen, I listen to a, a screenwriting podcast, and one of the first questions the interviewer always asks is, how did you break in? Yeah. So just by listening to their break-in stories, you know, there's not real one, one way to break into the screenwriting world, but I've heard like 20 different ways. So now I have that much more of a idea. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm never going to be able to break into the screenwriting world if I just say, I'm going to write a screenplay one day. Right. Yeah, it's And that's true. my condition now. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete is forever relegated to not breaking into the screenwriting world. Hmm. But you're in the podcasting business. Yay! Pete has a lot of podcasts, and uh, several of them are with Creative Combat. In fact, if you want to listen to those episodes, go to creativecombat.blackfriday. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can comment in line there. You can find um, either of us on Twitter and ask us a question, or you can do what Blake did. Our phone number is 510-426-6228. Call us. Leave us a message. We'll either text you or call you back and answer it or put it on the show and answer it like we did for Blake's question today. And you can find us at creativecombat.blackfriday or thebestpodcastintheworld.com. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Give us your questions. We'd love to talk about them. Yeah. Or if you have three, what if what three things would you put on your portfolio? Mm. And we'll put your answers on the show. Mm, good one. Yep. Bye. <laughs> that was really sloppy, but I don't care. Because I'm not editing this thing. Yeah, but I, uh... <laughs> I know. I know.